To Z, still yes. on the A's, and yeah, we're like we've had, I've had a bit of a low energy period lately, which is common, I guess, around here. And yeah. then we're heading in for this episode, you know, finally something fun to do. And then it's these two songs, <laughs> you know, my bad luck is ongoing. Uh, as well, you luckily, we're going to do, we're doing, uh, we're recording again tomorrow, and there's going to be a couple of fun ones there, I think. more fun in that yeah. compote. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this, uh, these are two f- songs that are far from my favorites, but I guess also that's the point of us doing it this way yeah. a completist way. Like, we, we are not the masters of, of how this how this podcast runs no. uh, in no. terms of episodes, they come in an order that you, or also you, to their listener, can know, and you've seen in the description that today we are handling. The Alchemist and the Age of Innocence. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, so the Alchemist. Uh, that's on the, uh, the album Final uh, Final Frontier. Uh, yeah. Which is it's one of the shorter ones in that album, isn't it? Yeah, it's the second one out today. If we're gonna stick to protocol. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Age of Innocence, A G, right? So. Yes, but you that's can just, Since I commented already, you can do a comment like just from my curiosity. What's your level of hype coming into these two songs um i well it, i'd say that i like age of innocence more than i like the alchemist but i don't dislike it's not my favorite song i don't think either one of these are amazing but they're not horrible either i think that's right. kind of why they're kind of um they're not too memorable because you have like you know the songs that are really the few the few really really bad ones are you know i've kind of invoked very strong emotions and the really really good ones do as well of course but the kind of middle ground ones are kind of like it's not it's not they're not very exciting. Right, um, right. I think you're you're putting my feelings on on point there better than I could. You know, you're phrasing my my opinion because <laughs> if it was like a really shitty song, like we're gonna head into a couple of them very soon. Yes. Like uh, without spoiling too much, the apparition is gonna be fun. <laughs> oh yes. And, and, and more than that, but yeah, you're right. These are lukewarm tracks, and probably that's not what I would have needed today. I would have needed like a shot of. Of energy, but yeah, I mean, it's well, still it's Iron Maiden. It's Iron Maiden, right? Yeah. So what's not to like, really? That's true. So we yeah. got uh, the Age of Innocence is, uh, I think it's written by Steve and Dave, correct? Yeah, I do have the CD with me as per usual, because I, I am yeah, the yeah. kind of cat, you know, I like to browse my, my physical media when I when I talk about it, <laughs> when I talk about the songs. Let's see, I can just, I gotta, it won't really matter to anyone at home, but I'm going to my i got them right here too yeah i mean obviously we're not filming this pod but if you listen to yeah great there you go yeah. the vinyl and i mean if you listen to an iron maiden podcast you know the covers right so you know what oh, we're yeah. talking about like uh, and uh, yeah i'm looking at age of innocence it says murray harris actually yeah that's what, that's what i thought and that's a little bit lost to me i didn't know it was a murray track he's first yeah. also he's not second so he probably wrote the music and then you got Harris with the, coming in with the lyrics, obviously. Yeah. We'll get to that because they're superly clearly Harry's lyrics. <laughs> yeah, they're also very 
Um, well, okay, let's, let's start with the music, I guess. That's really a good, way to st- good place to start. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I assumed um, when I first heard this that it was a Janik uh, song right. because the, uh, the, the verse riff sounds kind of like uh, it goes to the Navigator. Right, right. That is very yeah. goes to navigator. Um, so I assumed it was Yannick, but I was kind of surprised it was was Dave. I'm surprised now, actually, because I mean I, I do pride myself in knowing too much about this band, yeah. and I've I've never counted this as one of the Murray tracks, you know, because I often, you know, in casual discussions about casual nerd discussions about this band, you're like, okay, so which songs did Dave actually wrote? Yeah. Right, and I mean so far none, right, in this pod. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, we're still on A, so there's ways to go. But he's yeah. with maybe a dozen tunes or so. Some Something of like them that. are my absolute favorites. Uh, we'll get to them. So I'm not going to spoil them. But uh, no. some of them are maybe not as good. And uh, this being one of them. I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of songs on this album that I feel are... There's nothing wrong with them, but they're just not particularly exciting. Right. Um, and this is one of them. But this is... I Of all the other ones, because I, I, I mean... I don't want to spoil too much, which which the ones they are. There's at least two other ones that don't really do very much for me. I think the, of the of those of the sort of so so songs, this is the better one because it, it sort of stands out. The chorus is very doesn't sound like a typical Iron Maiden kind of chorus, right? Um, which I like because uh, it's something different. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean this song "Age of Innocence." Uh, I've always counted the Rainmaker as the Murray tune on this album. So that's kind of in in the shadow of that one in a sense. But it's a way different song. And, you know, that riff that you addressed, I think it's, I have to be honest, quite a shitty riff. I don't like it at all. I think it's it's without any groove to it. It's like (laughs) chopped up. And I mean, I'm being completely frank. I'm saying it sounds like a riff I wrote when I just started playing guitar. It has no turnaround, which I guess is the uniqueness of it, but I don't like it. It doesn't have a turnaround kind of at the end of it. There's a thing where it kind of, before it goes back to, before it starts over again, there is some kind of like... Yeah, right, fair, fair. But not particularly... There is a turnaround, but there's no internal turnaround within the riff. Like the riff feels like it starts and restarts all the time, like a tape with a... Or like a vinyl stuck on, on, a, on a spot to me, yeah, yeah. and Maiden to me are often about grooving over the bars, you know, without getting too music nerdy. They often emphasize the last eight beat in a four four, so like yes. and it, that's all to me what Maiden is about uh, rhythmically. And this riff, uh, I think, has a horrible rhythm to it. <laughs> it's a completely undanceable rhythm. Not that it's dance music, but yeah. What's no, your, but it, it should have some kind of a you know swing to it at some point. I think. Yeah. And it, it like I said, I th- I thought it was um, when I thought it was a Yannick riff, I was kind of I thought it was kind of lazy because I felt like he's just reusing something he already used before that worked a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. Because like, like I said, it does remind me of Ghost Navigator a little quite a bit, but right. that and that song works. Yeah, yeah. I want to refresh my ears with a little bit of, of what it sounds like. Yeah, go for it. Here you can hear that it's actually a Murray track because it starts with a solo on a clean black part. That's signature Murray, right? Yeah. Which I don't mind, it's something cool. 
All right, let's jump ahead. There it is. not particularly exciting so there is a turnaround you're completely right and that's yeah. the only redeeming part for me until that comes i really don't like this riff it's i would it's, it's, it's not it's not very exciting usually when he does stuff you know he doesn't he doesn't do things often or he's you know he's not one of the most frequent songwriters when he does do something it's usually pretty good yeah exactly and usually with the, some vibe to it and i think the intro now that i hear it is clear to me that it's a murray track and i don't know how i could have missed that but you know, it feels good that I don't know everything about this band. <laughs> yeah, because that makes it more fun doing this. Yeah, it makes it more worthwhile. And yeah. so now it's already more interesting than I thought it would be to discuss this particular tune. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the riff, the turnaround is great. I like it, but it's they would have needed a flair within it, I think, to work completely yeah. for me. And Bruce's vocals are, he's doing what he should do, I think. Yeah, he's doing a good job. I think this could have worked very well live. Yeah, right, right. I mean, they never did it. Like, this, I, there's, always, there's no chance they're going to do this at any point. How many songs did they feature off this album? Uh, let's see. On the Death on the Road. They did quite a few, actually, because they did... Um, like, uh, I could Wild count Dreams. six. Uh, for the first five, for sure. Yeah, so they did uh, Wild Dreams, Rainmaker, No More Lies. Monsignor they did not do. Dance of Death. Oh, okay, that's right. So, so they did uh, one, two, three, four. Four, and then Journeyman. Five. And Passchendaele. Yeah, yeah. So six, so as, I guess. Yeah, as usual, six songs, which is yeah. a lot. You know, it's a lot of songs. It's the same as Brave New World, even though they did do, at one time, two more. But uh, yeah. basically, they did six songs off of that album, and that was yeah. a lot, I thought, but I obviously liked it, because that was a great album. Yeah. Uh, which I'm kind of uh, <laughs> looking forward to talk about, but that's not oh, where we are. Soon. We're close, but no cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Age of Innocence, and uh, yeah. I think the chorus is worth discussing. That's why I haven't mentioned it yet, because I think that's the most interesting part of this song uh, musically. It doesn't sound like a typical Iron Maiden chorus. No, I like it. I that's why I like it too. It's a cool switch. Uh, I think they either go for parallel uh, major, uh, so parallel to the minor key the mm-hmm. song is in, or they go for a completely different key. Uh, I'm, I haven't played it, so I'm not sure. But I like the turnaround into this major kind of um, hopeful chorus which yeah is very steve harris like very iron maiden like even though you said it's not like any iron maiden chorus i agree with that but the particular function of it i could place with songs like heaven can wait yeah wasted years uh what else has this really bright choruses uh, well, it's, it's like uh i think the, the prisoner has a very bright chorus yeah or an inversion of clairvoyant you know clairvoyant has this super bright start right but then, yeah, has then a dark, dark chorus yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that. That's to me. That, it's, that, bit's, it's a that cool bit's cool. Thing. Yeah. And they continue in that in that vein for the solos, or do they switch back to minor? Uh, the solos uh, are kind of back to the verse riff, and then there's another section where they do like harmonies, and then uh, and there's a there's a very heavy bit at the end, right before the uh, right. right after the solo. Let's check out a little bit more of it. Yeah. I mean, that chorus is great. I'm going to hear it again and really listen closely. I agree with you. We haven't really done anything with that tone. 
What could you compare it to? Like, it's almost like Japanese music or anime. It sounds, it sounds more um, like something you'd expect to hear on like a Pearl Jam album rather right. than an Iron Maiden album. Oh yeah, um, 90s. It has a 90s vibe, you're right. Yeah, and you know, I... I uh, which is why kind of probably I really liked it, but also like I said, that's that's why it's too bad they never they never broke that one out live because that could have been really cool, very you know very good sing along kind of uh, chorus, and they really haven't done anything like that since then either. They've kind of um, I think not, I got a good point there, but that said, I don't want it live. <laughs> I don't want it in the set. Yeah, not probably, really. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it will. But but obviously every song they've done would be a treat to to hear at some point, just out yeah. of interest and nerdiness. But uh, here we go with Age of Innocence, and I want to refresh my mind on the solo part. Yeah. All right. Very Dave kind of solo. Yeah. Cool solo. It's a very, very, very Dave kind of solo. Harmony. Pretty cool. I, 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 the solo is a lot more fun than I remember. I haven't listened to this song quite a while, so yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's a good solo. Yeah, I liked it. It was a lot of whammy action. Uh, yeah, it was not very only nice. like Slayerish, also like Adrian Smithish with the yeah. melodic whammy. You know that is kind of yeah. in key, and that was yeah. cool. And then I liked how they turned into that uh, maiden part. You know, you, you can only call it a maiden part. Yeah, yeah, very. I'm actually like in real time lightening up a little bit on this song now. That's good. Yeah, That's I think fun. I've never enjoyed this as much as today. <laughs> yeah. And then you have this part that just quickly kicked in now, which I think is another failed riff. Yeah. You can protect yourself even in your own home, that part, you know. It's not very exciting, it just seems. No, it doesn't really. I think what bugs me is that it tries to sound harsh in a way, you know, to match the lyrics, but it sounds weak. I think they they, they have done that. They've succeeded doing that in some places. This isn't. They didn't do it here because it doesn't. It sounds. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't sound. It, it. I think they thought it sounded more harsh and edgy than it actually did. Um, yeah, <laughs> that happens a, sometimes, yeah. and that makes them. That puts Maiden in the wrong in the wrong uh, facet, in a sense, you know, like this yeah. old man trying to be. Yeah, heavy and yeah. failing doing so that's a little bit hard for me yeah yeah no i mean it's it's uh there's bits it's, it's not the most exciting uh song the solo is good i like the stuff in the chorus but yeah otherwise it's not it's not you know it, it's, they, they could have done this better if they'd given it you know you know maybe yeah. if they had someone else doing it with them like maybe if you got maybe adrian in there helping out or something that might have worked better but um yeah, and I think if we look at it lyrically, I, I talk, talked about Maiden the other day on my other podcast because we did finally do the, the Maiden special that we've yeah. been waiting to do for a while. And I wanted it to be released before this pod was launched, uh, you know, just not to collide too much. And we talked yeah. about, or I talked about uh, Steve Harris's three phases of lyric writing. Like he has his three periods. The first mm -hmm. one being songs about basically ambushing women and killing them. <laughs> 
and then escaping the law, uh, mm. you know, or just a song about a prowler, the, the you know, with a flasher uh, in the yeah. main. So a very strange concept, really, which I'm not going to get too deep into. And then uh, the second phase is more, maybe more introspective in dealing with like childhood traumas and stuff with, you know, stuff like Fear of the Dark or... Um, uh, songs like more portrait-like, like, like uh, "Afraid Shoot Strangers" that we talked about. Yeah. And then the third phase that I think is starting in the 2000s is this Grandpa Harris, you know, mm-hmm. singing about his family in Blood Brothers, which is amazing. Of course, it's a great yeah. tune. It really comes across. And in this song, it's also Grandpa Harris. You know, he's he's tired of. Um, uh, let's see here. A life of petty crime gets punished with a holiday. The victims' yeah, minds are scared, scarred for um, more for life almost every day, uh, and then uh, super tiny lyrics here. So bear with me, as lens know just how much further they can go. They know that the laws are soft, convictions changes uh, charges low, something like this. Tiny lyrics anyway, but conviction the chances low. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, it's about some, but it's that's why it kind of feels weird because it's essentially about like. The same kind of guys you get, like, for instance, whenever there's a, there's a TV show here called Afterlist, which essentially in English is the equivalent of a, uh, and there used to be a version of it in the U.S. called America's Most Wanted. I think every country has these. It's essentially yeah. a show where they show people who are criminals that they're currently being searched for. And whenever someone puts anything up there, you'll immediately get people, older people, often most, more, more often than not white, Complaining about how the people who these people should you know oh just they'll just be thrown away they'll be they're going they'll be sent off on a holiday for two you know two years and come out scot free and they can do whatever they want and they can do it again and you know it, that kind of sentiment kind of is you know nowadays is more common than it was when this was when they wrote this I think right but usually that kind of sentiment is usually connected to people who aren't particularly good people so that's kind of why it feels weird I think having him writing this stuff for me. Yeah, I mean, I I do like Grandpa Harris. I have to add, you know, mm-hmm. I like that he's changed his perspective on how to write lyrics. Yeah. But in this song, it comes off a little bit like he had a bad day, you know. I think he did. Yeah. It's just a grumpy ass day, like ah, oh, the age of innocence has faded like an old dream, you know, which is. But it works in the chorus. The hopeful nature of the chorus feels very honest. I mean, yeah. it all feels honest, but maybe honest on a shitty day, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think that. I think that. Um a lot of the the reason this kind of thing sticks out really in a weird way is because a lot of even his even his various different periods of stuff he's he's you know written over the years uh, you know most of that stuff wasn't particularly you know you 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 could look deeper and see stuff that obviously has personal meaning to him but if you take like Run to the Hills or Number of the Beast or say uh, Alexander the Great or oh you know all these kind of songs are not particularly autobiographical really but this seems like it kind of is yeah more topical in in yeah. the in the early days or middle period, I would say, like you're not a huge uh, lyrics guy, or well, no, you know, no, yeah, 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 I, I, I'd say I am, but I mean, um, so do you I, have like, do you have favorite, uh, let's say, Steve Harris lyric that just oh, pops up, or uh, I'd have to think about that. It depends. Um, I mean, I really like from beginning to end the whole Blood Brothers song is great, right? Um, it's a good lyric. It depends on this. There's so much, you know. He, like, he, since he, you know, he's pretty much, he pretty much wrote most of the songs. It's hard to yeah. pick just one. 
Yeah, um, I mean, that's a the situation in Maiden that's never going to go away, that the lead no. singer often have to sing the bassist lyrics, which are yeah. written in a peculiar way. But mm. I would say my favorite lyrics of his are Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, I think that's is cool, one. and The Free Two Strangers, uh, yeah. which are quite different to each other, right? Yeah. One is fantasy and one is, one is kind of bare-bone reality. There's a few of those, because, you know, when they write stuff, about, when he writes things, writes songs about actual, you know, very real life events or very real stuff um, that's not very thinly veiled. Like, for instance, this isn't particularly thinly veiled. Fate of Strangers is pretty obvious. The only, the only one I can think of is uh, Tears of a Clown, because that, that was literally written about Robin Williams. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's usually more on a different kind of, you know... It, it, Maiden probably is never going to write a love, a straight up love song like another band. The other bands do. No, not, not in that obvious way, at least. I think it's interesting with Harris because uh, he's a different lyric writer, let's say, compared to James Hetfield, for example. Like Hetfield yeah. really tries to have these. <coughs> Hetfield really tries to have these interpretable lyrics that yeah. may be super personal to him, but they are cryptic. Whereas I've always said that Steve Harris is a very physical lyric writer. You know. We, it's way far off, so we can talk about it without spoiling too much. Uh, when two worlds collide, I thought yeah. that that must be like a metaphor, but it's not. <laughs> the song is literally about two worlds knocking into each other yeah. and, and what's going to happen then. And that's typical Harris, you know, and he writes in a physical way and often reflected in how the music is played. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the music kind of creates the pace for the lyrics sometimes. And that's yeah. the best part of him, I think. And that's in songs like The Longest Day... Uh, lo um, loneliness of the long distance runner among mm. other tunes afraid to strangers we mentioned it when you get thrown into the battle scene yeah like, bam, bam, bam. he always has this idea of how the music tells the story and the lyrics narrate the story in a sense yeah that's that's what also makes them very you know which makes you know makes them very interesting and why there's so much you yeah. know we're, we're, we're like a song that's like Ryan Legend Mariner you know, there's quite a bit of lyrics in it, but the story is, you know, there's there's story told throughout every little bit of that song, every music, every musical little turn, twist and turn, has a, you know, it has a a story function as well. Yes, and really I, cool. I listened to we discussed Mastodon in my other play, um, I'm at my other podcast mm -hmm. just now, and I listened back to them, and I felt like they may have uh, been inspired by Maiden in that regard because mm -hmm. a lot of their songs. If they are at sea, for example, you get this kind of rain, 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 yeah, yeah. wave-like feeling. And, you know, uh, they also said that the title of the song is always married to the music of the song. And the lyrics are could be about another thing. So that goes for that band. But still, like, the title and the song has this, uh, this, this scenery that they try and paint together. And I think, speaking about this with regards to Steve Harris, I think it's one of his best features as a songwriter, yeah. that he can really put them together. Yeah. And that's maybe why this song that we're about to wrap, out, wrap up, Age of Innocence, it doesn't really work for me. No. Except yeah. for the chorus. The chorus works for me. The chorus works. But I would not put it on our list. No, no, it's way off. Yeah. <laughs> it's way off. Uh, it's just, it's not the best Maiden song. But no. hey, it's on A and we did it. Yes. And it still was fun. Indeed. And we have, spot, we have uh, space for another tune. Yes, and we do, and that's uh, one I mentioned earlier slightly, The Alchemist from Final Frontier. Uh, who wrote this now? It's, uh, let's see. You probably got that up there. Yeah, I actually don't own Final Frontier, and that's a big, <laughs> that's a big uh, revelation in this show. I own, I own zero physical copies of it. 
But, oh wow! Uh, that's, that's... Yeah, I have to re- reprimand that, obviously. But yes, let's uh, see. Uh, it's Yannick Gers, I think. Yannick Gers. Uh, yes. Let's see. Yannick Gers probably with Harris. Uh, Harris Har- and Bruce. So it's, Harris it's, and Bruce. It's, it's, so Yannick, Bruce. Steve, and Bruce. So I would say Gers' idea, Harris's arrangement, and Bruce's lyrics, most likely. Yeah. So the the, the, the lyrics do feel very Bruce. Um. And I feel, let's see, the song... Even the title is uh, is a carbon copy of a title on one of his solo albums. Yeah, and that's actually a better song, I think. Way better, way better. So it's uh, about four and a half minutes long. It's one of the shorter ones on the album. And I think think the function of it on the album is to be a a short, straightforward kind of, you know, just rocker. It has so many long songs in this album. It's very reminiscent of uh, Man on the Edge. That's why I was sure it's a Gar song. I do like, uh, if I'm going to start on the positive here, I do like the opening melody. I think it sounds pretty exciting, you know. It's like yeah. something exciting is about to happen. And yeah. I, I, it, it's, uh, but it sounds very... Yeah, it, I, it, 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 I agree with you on that bit. It just that it also sounds like, it sounds like, it's, it sounds like someone trying to sound like Iron Maiden. <laughs> Oh, sort yeah. of. Yeah, that's painfully it, true. That's painfully it, true. It's I mean, very, you know, it's very yeah, straightforward. I mean, I'm feeling now that it's, it doesn't even stand a chance against Age of Innocence. <laughs> well, I mean, I do like, I do like, because um, the verses are not great, you know. But of course, it's very standard verses, right? Yeah. Something like this, right? Yeah. And then there's on the. Uh, and then you got the uh, two. There's two different choruses, or there's kind of like it's in two parts. Mm-hmm. And I like the second part; is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I want to uh, refresh on on the on those choruses because yeah, that's interesting. That. Let's see here. So there's those those two kind of, and yeah, it's kind of you know, it's fine. <laughs> My immediate reaction, you know what that is? What? What it feels like? I, yeah. I really it was clear to me now that we listened a bit. It feels like Maiden writing as good as they always write. It's very nicely put together. Everything mm. works. It's seamless. You know, there are no. Uh, stops or starts or anything. Everything no. is seamless, flows perfectly to each other, but it's like they had no good ideas. So it feels like Maiden baking a cake, but there's nothing in the cake. <laughs> you know, it's perfectly constructed. Yeah. It looks, it's, it's perfectly well composed, looks good. And when you cut it, it's, it's everything is all right. Yeah. <laughs> it cuts nicely. You put it on the plate and there's zero taste to it. Like maybe I mean, a little bit of sugar. That's it. It sounds like, because uh, last time we recorded... You said you were going to work on a, 
uh, you know, a theme song for this podcast. Yeah. And you, so you, what you did was you basically took sort of these various tropes that Maiden always kind of used, and then you constructed a very cool theme song, which I, which you probably you heard at the beginning of this. Yeah. Which I really like. No, thanks. I like it too. I was happy with it. But it sounds like that's what they did as well here. Like, like let's do they they, they, they yeah. put together stuff like, well, let's let's see, let's do what we usually do. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you're right. Because if I had written that intro and it was our theme, I would also be happy. Yeah, I would be happy. But yeah, I mean, uh, you listener, you can, if you want to, if you want to join in for like a a bit of an Easter egg bunny hunt, uh, you could email us at uh, madeinazpod at Mm gmail.com and reference up to five songs (laughs) that I nicked from in the in the intro. Yeah, like I, I tried our upcoming guest on this, and he found three of them. So good work on him. Oh, you mean Henrik? Henrik, yeah. And with a clue, he could find the fourth. So he found uh, everyone but one, and I still haven't told him which that one is. So we'll ask him tomorrow if he figured it out or not. That'll be fun. Yeah, it's it's five songs in 30 seconds. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's kind of, like I said, that's sort of what they did here, but they did probably like, you know, same amount of songs, but in like five minutes. Yeah, and a lot of Man on the Edge in there, really. Yeah. It has this driving Yannick song type feel, and it also leads my thoughts. We... We like briefly mentioned the bonus tracks on X Factor. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it sounds a uh, lot that. like that type of sound, right? And on X Factor, they felt like it was too standard because they wanted to make a statement, right? The X yeah. Factor, this is not your average made, and this is made in 2.0, yeah. or whatever you want to say. Definitely, that was the idea, and that, probably that's why they disincluded those songs, uh, Justice of the Peace. And then well, one I mean, song is something like I Want My Own Way, or something like that. Uh, yeah. It was uh, ju- um, Justice of the Peace and something like that yeah we but will I, do them we will do those songs in the yeah. in the normal playing order even though they're not included because it's yeah. definitely originals but yeah uh, go ahead i was gonna say that uh i think that from what i recall i don't know if this is true but that uh when they recorded um th- those songs were excluded just because of physical so they didn't have they didn't have room on the album apparently mm-hmm. uh that's that's what at least that's what they said if you look at the booklet for the um the box uh the the, the eddie's uh the Eddie's archive box. There's a booklet on the B-side disc, and that says that, that where they explain, you know, the um, that those were left off because of the physical, you know, they yeah. couldn't they couldn't fit them. I don't know if that's true, or did they're trying to, uh, yeah. So the ones the ones that uh, didn't make it. There's three songs apparently. It was yeah. Justice of the Peace, I Live My Way, and Judgment Day. Right, right. Yeah, and they're all pretty good. We'll get to them because we'll do them in the original run, just you know, just yeah. for 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 the sake of it, which includes songs like Sanctuary and. Uh, total Eclipse. Yeah, uh, sanctuary, yeah. Yeah, definitely in the or- original run. Even Burning Ambition is coming up because I feel yeah. like that's a, it's a Steve original for sure. Yeah. Uh, like we might skip things like Bart Blues or joke songs like that uh, in the yeah. first run, but uh, real serious songs, sure, we will do them. And um, yeah, to get back to The Alchemist, I feel like uh, with what you just said about disincluding them for album length, this is the longest maiden album if you would take away Empire of the Clouds off of book of souls yeah. this is the longest album so it doesn't need this song in my opinion i'm, no, I'm gonna I mean, i'm gonna go I, ahead and say delete it you know i mean i think that i i, I don't i think that it would be been better off as a b-side or uh they don't really do that anymore but i think they you know they i which is too bad because i, yeah. I kind of miss those things um, right but they could have released it later they could have done it. they could have released it separately completely differently you know, i know that's usually another way to do things but it'd be badass if it came out on like a, a seven inch just the alchemist yeah. then it'd be badass and then i would be like oh this is a hidden gem probably right because yeah. you get affected by the way a song is presented like where it is in a set or where it is on an album yeah 
Because if you look at here, it's because uh, here it's in between. Let's see, you get this song after coming home and Isle of Avalon, and I think those two songs, especially, are a lot better than this one. They would have flown great into each other, I think. Yeah, and you know, you know, then it would only be nine songs in the album, but that's fine. You know, the, all the best ones only had eight, so. Yeah, exactly. So I think I mean fun. overall, I'm struggling with this album. I have to say, it's usually my bottom album. This one and actually the other one we talked about today, Dance of Death. Usually, if not, no prayer. But that that depends. That's a mood thing. But uh, yeah, it's bloated. I have to say, it's bloated. I could have cut off three songs on it, and I would have been happy. Yeah, happier, you know, because sometimes I get into songs like Isle of Avalon. It's a cool song. I even like El Dorado. Uh, the intro is pretty cool. It's not a bad album, but hey, what's your opinion? I think there's some good stuff on it. I think I could probably find. Uh, I mean, I, I like I like bits of the first song, Final Frontier. I like uh, El Dorado's pretty cool. Uh, Mother of Mercy has some nice stuff in it. Um, I really like where uh, when the wild wind blows, and there's a few there's a few good things there. there but mm. like also when the man would be king, there's a really cool. I like the whole outro there because they do a lot of weird stuff there that seems very again atypical them. Mm -hmm. Which is fun, but I mean, if you, um, I think that if, if, uh, and I think most people agree, even they, they agree themselves, because they were, you know, they were, they, I remember Bruce was asked in, in, in interviews right around the time the Book of Souls came out, you know, essentially, if he's more happier with that one than the Book of Souls and Final Frontier, and he said, well, if, 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 if that was going to be the last album, that would, he'd, he'd prefer to go out on that one than Final Frontier. Sure. And I agree, because Book of Souls is a lot better. I completely agree. We'll get, we'll get to Book of Souls. All these new albums will be interesting. I've yeah. realized before, and I realize again now, because I yeah. think our opinions will differ way more on these oh, newer yeah. things than on the old ones. Definitely. And I'm not going to spoil any of that, but uh, I'm looking forward to really digging through this album with you, mm -hmm. Book of Souls, and also actually even like Dance of Death. I would say A Matter of Life and Death and Brave New World, I hold rather close to me. So those albums, I'm... It's more like the classics, uh, yeah. whereas the other three, it's a bit different. I think Book of Souls is the, is the best one since, um, actually since Brave New World. I, I think it's a strong album. I agree so it, really, that, yeah. it really grew on me. Uh, when it came out, I didn't really get it, but that one will be fun, uh, maybe more in a celebratory way. And then this one and Dance of Death will be more of a discussion, I would say, yeah. you know, trying to uh, land on what to appreciate in these albums. I think both of the both of these albums, both Dance of Death and uh, Final Frontier, had the misfortune of following incredibly strong albums. Right. Good because point. you know you had Dance of Death. There's you know they were getting when Dance of Death came out, they were you know really blowing up, and they had just came off the you know they they just did the, uh, the Brave New World tour. They did yeah Brave New World. Then they did the Give Me Ed tour, and they were you know huge and it was going really good. Right. So much and you know and. They, you know, they were picking up a lot of momentum. They were getting bigger than they were the first time around. And they just, you know, their latest album was, you know, amazing and every, you know, it's perfect, essentially. Mm. And then, then you have Death's Death, which came out, which obviously they had a lot of pressure on them to do right. something, you know, incredible with it. I think there's a lot of good stuff in there. We'll get to that later. And then yeah. a few years later, they did uh, Matter of Life and Death, which they, you know, instead of doing what people probably expect them to do, they did something completely different, or they did, you know, this very proggy kind of thing. Right. And it worked for a lot of people. And so we, when they were follow that up, when they were going to follow that up again, they had tried to do the same thing again, you know, then it didn't maybe work as well because they still got, you know, they were a ton, they were a lot of pressure on them to do something just as good as the last time around. 
I know in the 80s he did it all the time, but these days they're, the gaps between albums are getting bigger. Right. There's I think you've got a great point there, and it's a new point to me. Yeah. And uh, it's not off topic to discuss how these albums were recorded, both Dance mm-hmm. of Death and Final Frontier, since this is a double episode. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm familiar with the fact that Dance of Death was cut to straight to tape, which is pretty cool. And it sounds in parts really like the right way to go. But in other mm-hmm. parts of the album, maybe raw in, in maybe not the right way. It's hard to say. Like, what, what's your opinion on the production, the sound of Dance of Death first? Uh, well, I, I think in some bits it works very well. Other bits it doesn't sound as good as it maybe could have. Um, and I think it's very apparent when you listen, when you hear some of the songs live, how they just sound a lot better. I think, uh, I think that maybe they were, because again, Brave New World sounded so huge. Yeah. And I guess they tried to, you know, I guess they wanted to, I don't know what they're doing because they, they, they had something that worked. I don't know why they changed it that much. But the same thing is when you get to Matter of Life and Death, that album famously, uh, you know, he, Steve didn't want, it, didn't want it mastered in a traditional sense. And uh, some people think that's really cool. Other people said, you know, kind of think it's, they should have maybe, you know, m- he, Maybe the, the problem is when you're, when, you know, he, you know, he is the he is the boss, and you know, kind of what he wants, to kind of, is what, he, what you know what he says goes, but maybe it would be worth someone to like have. Maybe, I don't know if Kevin Shirley is, has much of a, because if Martin thought something was a bad idea, he would tell him. Right. I don't I know if Kevin Shirley does this. That goes straight into my idea of this album being bloated, Final Frontier. Yeah. That is, that no one stops Steve anymore. I mean, this no. is common knowledge. He, he does what he wants, and that yeah. could make things a little bit too Steve sometimes. But in yeah. at the same time, I'm gonna say that he also defends the Maiden legacy. Yeah, that's true. He's so stubborn. That's so yeah. much part of it. And the production end of it, I think, Dance of Death. You asked like, uh, what were they trying to do, right? Instead of yeah. just doing Brave New World again, which I think they could have sound-wise. Not yeah, sound-wise, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think the Maiden being Maiden, they thought that maybe the last album was very polished let's do something raw and they cut it straight to tape and it has a raw sound to it which does. sometimes work sometimes doesn't yeah and a bit 50 50 i would say what would yeah, you say um, yeah that's, that's that's fair i think and then we head on into um, yeah well we have a matter of life and death but we got to leave some stuff for for those actual episodes so we yeah. head straight on into final frontier uh, which yeah. is still like on topic and that one was recorded in bahamas again they went back to compass point yeah Uh, first time since somewhere in time and they, like adrian said it was scarily similar like same cobwebs <laughs> same yeah. uh, like uh, uh, tears in the walls and uh, broken parts of windows everything was kind of untouched at that point so that studio was like a famous tax evasion scheme for british mm-hmm. rockers uh, back in the day because they they earned a lot or saved a lot of cash by recording yeah. abroad So they decided to go back there, uh, but with Kevin Shirley. And I think it's a good-sounding album. Uh, the production... Yeah, 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 it, it, it does sound... It sounds good. That's, 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 yeah. there's, no, there's no doubt about that. Production is kind of... Yeah, well, perfect is the wrong word, I guess, but it's near, near perfect. I think it's a yeah, very good-sounding album. I'd say sound-wise, I like it better than both Dance of Death and even Matter of Life and Death, but song-wise, maybe not as much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, made in production is always interesting because it yeah. colors colors how you feel about the, the albums. But I like this one, and I do like all the Kevin Shirley productions. Actually, I mean, they're not bad. I think uh, Book of Souls sounds great. It has more of a earthly feeling to it. But yeah. again, we'll get to that. So 
what else on the alchemist i mean lyric wise uh, it's not particularly exciting no, stuff it's, it's no. very it's very not much to dive into there is this dr d i think you had a like a sketch title which was like dr d's house or the house yeah. of dr d so yeah. that's why i kind of kept that lyric line in the in the pre-chorus there and uh, yeah alchemist you know he has a song called the alchemist on chemical wedding which, which is, is better way better cooler and those lyrics i would have talked about maybe a little bit more <laughs> we've analyzed a bit more yeah but those lyrics are also i mean the lyrics in that entire album are top notch yeah yeah really cool. and again this is not bad we're talking about now it just it just it could be better yeah and uh it's two times already that he had a an exact title uh, both on a maiden album and on a solo album because we have this one and then you got man of sorrows as well also the wicker man the wicker man is a b-side right that he, it is uh, a b-side no. yeah you're right so three already and four to come because it will be if eternity should fail as well yeah uh, and that's even going to be the same actual song. Honestly. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Are you going to get that? No, I'm going to... Let me see. No, it's fine. All right, cool. Yeah, we are actually also heading towards the end of yes. this episode, which I guess I'm happy that we've done. <laughs> I'm looking forward to do other songs. Yeah, and tomorrow will be more fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also, yeah, I think it goes without saying this song will not be going on the list. It will not be going on the list. I mean, no. this episode, yeah, it's always fun to talk Maiden, but it's been in line with my kind of half-shady day. Yeah. <laughs> a couple too, of half-shady songs, you know, but hey, that's life. Indeed. And uh, so I don't know if anyone else there at home feels differently about these songs. You know, you might love them. That's cool, too. Maybe you can uh, email us at Maiden A to Z pod and uh, tell us about them. And also we're on Facebook. Right. Yeah. There's Maiden A-Z, right? Probably Maiden AZ pod. Well, either way, if you search for Maiden A-Z, you will find it on Facebook. Cool. That's great. And I saw just now that our friends in Maiden Pod and have gone out with a date for when they end the pod. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. When's that now? Let's see. It will be 9th of January, uh, 2021. So not too long from now and definitely not long after this pod is actually launched. So, I mean, even though we have a different language, it's a little bit like taking the torch, which feels good. And we are yeah. endorsed. We are endorsed by Maiden Pod, and they are well, they, on yeah. our side. Well, that's also I want to say again. It, you know, I, when we when you had this idea, my main concern was you know not wanting to, you know, hoard in on their territory, right? And uh, and I wouldn't like to do without them being okay. With it. And they were very okay with it, so it's nice. And they'll they'll, probably, they'll be on here at some point pretty soon, I imagine. Yeah. They mentioned us last episode, but uh, yeah, well, cool. without name because yeah, it's not official yet. So very. Oh gentlemanly done yes well we'll yeah. we'll, uh, we'll get them on here very soon yeah that's right right that's uh, it looking forward to record again tomorrow and you yes. as a listener probably you will be looking forward to listening i hope so at least uh, to that recording a week from now right so until next time um yeah, the artist, yeah that's it <laughs> made an agency signing out bye 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 bye